Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hallelujah. We'll turn to somebody before your seat and say, it is so good to be healed this morning. We want to remind you that the book for this month, if you don't have it, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. It's so important that we are are going back again to these foundations uh, of our life with God and how to walk with Him and how He does things as we were talking earlier. But just know this, you too can be led by the Spirit of God. Religion teaches that we must be dependent uh, in our hearing or in our direction or even in our, how about this, even on our connection to God. Religion teaches we're, we can't do that ourselves. We've got to go through somebody or we've got to labor and we've got to uh, toil and we've got to work and we've got to... Um, you know, make better ourselves before we even qualify. If you receive Jesus today, you are qualified. The Holy Ghost, he came to dwell in you at the new birth. When you receive Jesus, the Holy Ghost comes in and immediately, the Bible talks about, we'll look again this morning, that his spirit now bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God, you're a son of God. So you don't have to wait on him to bear. If he's going to bear witness that you're his child, he will bear witness for anything you need else in your life. Because our great, the, the greatest title that this world will ever be able to lay hold of is a child of God. That title alone sets you above everything in this world. It is not your education title it's not going to be uh, your, your birth title. It's not female, male title. The greatest title that anyone can ever receive and anyone ever have is, I'm a child of God. That's the greatest title. And that title, within that title, uh, comes everything from now until we go to heaven. It's going to take care of everything. Because God is not a negligent father. So as long as you remember and stay focused on the true title that's going to get you somewhere in life, (laughs) every other title will take care of itself. Boss, business owner, (laughs) you know, the title of uh, healthy. How about that title? I want that title. How about the title of old age? Bible says with long life, he shall satisfy me. Amen? And show me the salvation. Well, I know this. I've received of salvation, so guess what comes after that now? That's in reverse. We've received salvation, so now long life belongs to me. Belongs to me. So whatever title that you want to have, whatever title you're interested in, uh, know this, that the child of the title of being a child of God is the most important one. And when you're a child of God, his spirit comes to indwell in you. And bear witness that you're his child. And so we need to hear along in our spirit. We need to learn and develop ourselves to hear what he would be saying to his children. Um, The success of my children is going to determine how they hear and respond to me. Parents, do we not know that? 
We can prevent a lot of, if you had a child and you never gave them any instruction a day in their life, what would happen? Feral, you know, <laughs> rascal running amok. <laughs> Why? We, they, they've been given something, and that's parents who had parents, who had parents, who had parents that helped them in the everyday life, right? Their teeth would be rotted out. Their hair would not be combed. I mean, it'd be a mess. It'd be a mess. Sometimes life gets to be a mess because we haven't been hearing and listening to the Spirit of God. It's not always the devil. Well, the devil's interrupting my... He can. The winds come. The storms will come. The tests will come. He tested Jesus. He will test you. Faith overcomes the test every time. But sometimes uh, things get a little messy and out of place, not because of a test or because the devil or because somebody's after you all week. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's because we've been a a feral child running around not listening to the Spirit. Not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? Not heeding his instruction. So we've been talking about that even in the services. I've been trying to uh, touch on things. So if you don't have this book, it will change your life. It's so easy to read, so simple, uh, doable. It just makes living and working with God and following God easy. Just really easy. Um, It talks about training your spirit. How about this, this chapter? How about guidance through prophecy, right? A lot of people want to prophesy. <laughs> um, but there, the word is very specific on when prophecy comes and how pro- prophecies come and who it's to come through. Um, so he helps us so that we don't get off by somebody else speaking that's not anointed to speak into your life. There's divine order with God. We can see it all through the scripture. How about just creation, right? He did not create the water and the animals before he created night and day. Why? There's got to be order. And having those creatures running around in the dark. (laughs) The sun, you know, day and night came before Adam and Eve. He didn't do Adam and even say, now hold on a second. Let me finish up what I got going on over here. (laughs) There was order, order. There was order. Uh, God had specific instructions. How about this? When they came out of the, uh, out of captivity, there was a, a very specific route that God had them to go on. And he had specific miracles already waiting for them when they got there. So, If God's a God of order, then when it comes to prophecy and words and ministry, he's going to hold to that order. He did not, just because salvation came and gifts, the Bible says gifts were given to men through the fivefold ministry offices, he didn't lose order, right? Right. Right. Who's who's the, the, the divine head of the church? Jesus. And what did he do? He said, I saw the people, they were uh, uh, faint and scattered without a shepherd. 
And it says here that he put pastors in over. We know that pastors are the ones for the sheep. Apostles are the sent ones. Prophets are the ones that walk so closely with God and really give the direction for the body of Christ. They're hearing, they're responsible for hearing in a greater way and they live uh, to a, a higher degree of consecration because of the responsibility they have to hear from God. For the body. And then the pastors are living every day with the people, teaching them uh, how to be, be victorious in life, watching over their families, watching over their souls. And then you have teachers who receive divine revelation from God, and they help keep the body on course, right? And then you have the evangelists that are out gathering those to join the family of God, amen? In their own unique way, they look totally different than the rest. Um, but each of these gifts, there's a divine order. It's rare, you know, that you see, and we understood this, that a, a prophet, maybe for a season, they, they're not called to be pastors. Most people that you know and that you'll hear that walk in that prophet's office, they'll, they'll all tell you the same thing. I'll tear up a church. <laughs> what does that mean? Not preaching in it, trying to pastor it. Because prophets are goers, they're movers, they've got a message, they gotta get that message out. And they're not looking, you know, they, they're, they're really focused on whatever it is, that, that specific thing, that specific prophets see beyond where we're living at. They see what God has. They, they know the heart of the Father. And uh, pastors though, you try to, a pastor tries to go out and travel, um, and they're not anointed to do that usually. I'm, I'm talking about as a whole. You know, this we're a little bit different operation around here. <laughs> um, but as a whole, the 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 those that are called to the the traveling ministry, if they try to settle, there's a grace on them to go out and minister. And if they try to violate that grace, if they try to violate. Likewise, what about this? There is not only ministry gifts, five ministry gifts, but what about the hand that doctor used to talk about, the palm that supports that? And that is the ministry of helps. Those that are called to help and come alongside and facilitate because that pastor and those ministers cannot do everything. So what about that ministry? What happens when we're not fulfilling that ministry? Then what happens to the body? Says the eye can't say to another part of the body, I don't have a need for you. Um, we've got to be mindful of God's divine order. Following the spirit of God will help you know where your place is and what his divine order is. It corrects us direction so we don't get out of that order. And always be mindful and be aware. If somebody's trying to speak into your life, somebody's trying to minister to you, lay hands on you, or tell you something for their life, and it, it wasn't God's divine order over your life, that's a danger. That's a danger. I don't go to other, other pastors and other ministries outside of my divine order. If a ministry invites me and my husband to come minister, we're submitted under that pastor, right? We're submitted under that minister. And if we wanna lay hands, pastor, we, we sense we would like to lay hands on, on the sick or lay hands on the young people or lay hands on uh, those that are business owners. Pastor, is that okay with you, right? Because we're submitted. They're the ones that are grace and the shepherd over that congregation. That's divine order. 
So likewise, you know, in a church, be mindful of divine order even in your own life and, and what the plan God has for you in this place. I'm not here, you know, I'm not saying anybody's, uh, you know, you guys are, I'm just giving some, it just seems to go this way. How about that? Because if we know divine order, if we know God's order, if, if they would have just, what do we say? If, if the children of Israel just relaxed, right, and stopped trying to override God's divine order, how much easier would life have been for them? There would have been no vipers. There would have been the promised land within a few days. We're in it. We're in it to win it. But what happened? They kept over and God's divine order was the voice of uh, his voice through the man, Moses. And what did they do? They'd listen to him for a moment and then they'd get off. They'd build something gold, something pretty, you know, something prettier than Moses. <laughs> Why? Something that, listen, something that they could see. They wanted to see something. They didn't want to believe, they wanted to see. This is why they wandered for 40 years. Sometimes the wandering is because we want to see something and not believe. There's a weakness in believing. There's a, a default in our believing. Yeah, we'll believe for a moment, but if it doesn't show up, if we don't see it, we quit. So we find another route through the wilderness. Um, so just know there's a divine order. The Holy Ghost is here to keep divine order. That's why he's graced and anointed men and women to keep divine order in the body of Christ. Amen. That order is, is kept. So that order in your own life, that order in, in my life, that order in the church. And so when we know how we can be led by the spirit of God, divine order is kept in our lives and God can move and flow freely. We won't get off. We won't get squirrely. We won't get distracted. And we certainly won't believe something that somebody told us that wasn't in God's divine order to speak into our lives. First and foremost, the devil. We're, we won't be de deterred by any thought or suggestion he brings. Amen? Amen? So that book, anyway, is out there. And if you say, I haven't started it yet, that's okay. Just keep reading it, okay? Just, just go out and get it. <laughs> and uh, we got a few days left. How about that? It's a short month. It's a short month. Uh, but you keep reading it. I'd rather you get it and start it and finish it than say, I'll get the one for next month. How about we, we just just... If you don't have that, if you've never read it, get this book, and uh, we want to develop our, our spirit, our human spirit, develop and be accurate in walking with God. Now, this morning, we have been talking about the same subject, but we've been focused on a couple of different things. We want to talk about following the spirit of God. We spent some time uh, talking about protecting that place of hearing. Where do we hear from God? Do we hear audibly most of the time? No, we do not. Our spirit, in case uh, any, somebody's new or somebody's watching, we are a spirit, we have a soul and a mind, and we live in a body. We're in possession of two things, our body and our mind. They're our possessions. Uh, that is not who we are, but a possession we have, right? I am not my house. I am not, if I said the address right now, I am not my property, my, when I say my family, I'm not talking about the home that we live in. We're talking about the household, the Dufresne household, that is the people in that household that make up that home, right? 
Um, so we have this body that is our house. We need the body in order for the spirit to thrive and us to be ruling and reigning in this life. We need a place to rule and reign from. What's a king without a castle, right? This is your castle. Say, this is my castle. I'm in charge of my castle. Do we take care of it? Yes. Are we made kings and priests? The Bible says we are made kings and priests when we get born again and we come into the family of God. Remember we talked about titles earlier. Titles. So know this, that when someone has a title, they usually have something to go along with that title. So this is our castle. It's our earth suit, as some people call it. We must take care of this, but we must discipline it and subdue it. And Paul said, bring it into subjection. The castle doesn't make the king. The king makes the castle. Right? So we've got this. uh, We're kings and priests. We've been made in his image, brought into his family, and he gave us something to live in, this body. It doesn't rule us. It doesn't tell us what to do. And it certainly, whatever it feels, should not be in charge. Then, so we can function properly on this earth, he gave us a mind. Our mind is our will, our emotions, where we make decisions. We need a mind. Don't, we talk about, and and we'll get to this, we'll talk about quieting the mind, and we're not to be, we're not to be mindless, right? So mindless is not what God's asking you to do. He's asking you to take your mind and start being more mindful of the thoughts that you have. Conscious aware, what am I thinking today? What am I letting pass through my mind? And that's what we've been focused on in the last, uh, last week. So before that, we were talking about the value of our spirit protecting that place. Then we talked about and got into the significance of the word of God and renewing our mind, disciplining our flesh. Um, I don't know how much I want to go back and review because I have something that I want to uh, be able to give you today. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look here. In verse three, for though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. That means when something attacks your body, you're physically facing something, remember this, it is not, you're not fighting flesh with flesh. We're not to fight from this place you know, and muster up a, a feeling of courage and, and uh, you know, I feel good today. I woke up. How many of us do we want to rate the day by how tired we, we wake up? <laughs> right? We want to uh, rank the end of our week by how much sleep we got the last five days. <laughs> I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that's not what we're to live by. There's a strength on the inside and equipping on the inside. It's not about how the flesh feels. So he's saying, we're not fighting and we're not living. We should not be living solely mindful of this flesh. It says here, verse four, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not physical weapons of the flesh, but they are mighty before God for the, over, uh, for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. 
How does that happen? How do you have the destruction of strongholds? Verse five, inasmuch we refute arguments and theories and reasonings in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought. If you don't have that underlined, say, I want you to underline, say every thought. Every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. What does that mean? Being in ready, readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. Well, I connect that to the passage before, the scripture before. Ready to punish every wrong thought that comes against who you are in Christ. Casting down, putting down. We ended last week talking about instead of processing thoughts, processing emotions, how about we learn to take what our body has been through, our minds have been through, the experiences that our physical body have been through and maybe we've been through, put through with our mind and we start casting down anything that exalts itself against what God said about us. You don't know what I've been through. No, but I know what Jesus went through. The problem is you're more mindful of what you went through instead of what he went through. The suffering, the torment, the stripes. The the people turning against him. They They were angry, full of demonic activity that day that he was crucified. They were not going anywhere until he was taken out. And he had come to do nothing but bring miracles, love, peace, good news. And what did they do? So I I just know this. Whatever I feel like difficulty I'm facing, it was nothing compared to because he had to face everything that I would to be the perfect sacrifice for me. said he was tempted on all accounts as we, we were, in every way. So whatever trauma or difficulty you've been through, no one's diminishing that, but you don't get victory over magnifying it and trying to fix it. You get victory over magnifying, glorifying, and acknowledging what he did and renewing our minds. This is where defeat enters the life of the believer. Right here, right here. Your mind is the gatekeeper to everything coming in and out of your life. It's a gatekeeper. Your mind either opens the door to perversion, to wrong thinking, right? To doubt and unbelief. It swings it open by every thought that it takes or it closes it because it's so full of the word of God, there's no room in the end. Um, I mean, you can get online nowadays with a hotel And you can type in the dates you'd like, and as soon as it says, not available, not available, not available. Why? They keep record. They know exactly who's checking in, when they're checking in, when they're checking out. You should know what's trying to check in and what needs to check out. What's been living there too long? What's been a squatter? What thought has been squatting in your life? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. 
Why? Because I'm not my mind. I'm a spirit. This is the real me. And the Bible says I can cast every one of those down. I can kick them out. Um, go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm just, I, I'm going back through and reviewing some of these scriptures because I want you to see that everything is based on the word of God. Proverbs 4, 23, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. If Jesus is already in my heart, why do I need to guard it and how do I guard it, right? Your heart, you don't get reborn again, right? Once we receive him and accept him, we have received and accepted salvation. We are a brand new creature in Christ, brand new on the inside. I don't need to keep getting re-brand new. <laughs> um, but what I do know is that I've got to guard what he has made and the, the, the person, the victorious one on the inside, so that I can live from a place of victory and not, not from a place of difficulty. So how do I guard and keep my heart? We guard our thought life. Simple as that. We guard. We guard what we hear. We guard what we see. We guard our conversation. We guard. Uh, how is it best that we guard? Number one is the renewing of our mind. If the word of God is first place in our thoughts, then nothing else can bump that out of the way unless we allow it. What is the term we talk about becoming skillful with the word, becoming um, doers of the word? How about this? It's unfair to ask um, Liam, who's 13, to start doing calculus. He doesn't know calculus. I'm asking him, if I put a calculus problem in front of him, I'm asking him to do calculus. Well, what happened? He didn't learn and he doesn't know how to do that problem. And this is what happens with believers. Things come up in our lives and because our minds are unrenewed, we don't know how to handle that situation. Why? We're behind in developing and progressing in the word of God. We don't have the knowledge in our thought life to even answer the test and answer the difficulty that we're facing. Does that make sense? So what do we do? We gotta, we start, gotta start studying. <laughs> we're gonna have to I, crash course, right? We, then we start going, uh, I need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I gotta turn on Pastor Nancy. It's been three weeks since I've had Jesus Healer on. I better get that going. <laughs> Why? We start recognizing our need for the answer. But it's a lot easier when you get to a certain point in life and you go, I have had this answer and been thinking about this and becoming uh, skillful in this. And, and you know what? It, it just rolls out of your tongue. That is not my thought. You know what? Those symptoms may come and they may try to stay in my body, but I am healed. I am whole. Every stripe laid on his body represented every pain, every symptom, every sickness, anything that the devil would try to put on me was already laid on him. I mean, he healing just rolls. Not just healing words, healing. Healing comes out. A financial need comes up. Financial, uh, another bill. 
that was unexpected that you didn't have. And as soon as that bill comes in, a thought tries to come and land, or maybe it's been living there. What's gonna happen with the economy? What are you gonna do if there's a recession? What is that gonna do with your, uh, you know, your 401k? What's that gonna do with your customers? What if, you know, in the last recession, people lost their businesses? How are you gonna make it? What's gonna happen in the church? What's gonna do, you know, and you just start going. Who's gonna, remember we said the hamster wheel starts turning and it just goes faster and faster and faster. You wake up with the thoughts. You go to bed with the thoughts. In the middle of the night, you have the thoughts. And we're trying to calculate, figure out, move around, and set ourselves up for success in our mind so that we can feel secure. Because <laughs> we got a plan. How about that? <laughs> this is what the children of Israel didn't like. They didn't like that they had to trust God by faith every step of the way. They wanted a plan. They wanted to know. They wanted to have security. And when the giants, they, they saw the giants, what happened? Oh no, we definitely can't take that. Forget what God said. That's a giant we're not willing to take on. So you say they did. They quit church. That's what they did. They quit church. They, they, they quit coming back to the place. So we don't want to fall victim to that same type of behavior and flow. So what do we got to do? Got to deal with our thought life. Got to deal with our mind. Go with me, if you would, to Joshua. Your mind is the gateway. How much of the word you let in how much of what other people say, how much of the news, how much of uh, thoughts that try to bring themselves up against the knowledge of God, raise themselves up against the knowledge of God, how much you let those live here, right? It matters who the king lets in his court. What were they worried about? They don't, they'd be killing people left and right if they even suspected, right? You didn't have to have proof. You know, Johnny Jester would come up and say, you know, Frank over here, I think he's, uh, he's you know, plotting with France, and they're going to be sneaking in here in a couple of months by ship. What would they do? Kill them all. Kill them all and start over. Why? They wanted somebody loyal. The king needed to know that who was in his court, who was closest to him was loyal. You got to learn to kick out what's not loyal to your victory. Worry, 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 fear, thoughts, calculating, when is this, how is this, that is no, that is, uh, what do you call that, an enemy, that's treasonous to the child of God. Thoughts of doubt and unbelief are treasonous. Treason, you treat them that way. You don't treat them as you got a place here. You treat them as that is treason. What is treason? Turning against. Turning against. One time I was loyal to you, now I turned against you. Don't let your mind become treasonous to the plan, the will, the power of God. This is what the enemy's trying to do, trying to get you on his side. If your thoughts go to his side, what happens? He can invade your life unhindered. Unhindered. Here he shows up. Drawbridge down. Everybody in. 
So I say when the mind is the gatekeeper, it keeps that drawbridge closed and only lets in those that agree. Those that are in one. Those are in unity with God's thoughts. I didn't say my thoughts. God's thoughts. So look at here at what Joshua, God tells Joshua, notice that Moses spent time with God. Moses was the one up on the mount, burning bush. He'd go up, be away with God, be, be away, you know, spending time in the presence of God, uh, getting direction from God. But then Joshua comes along and all God tells him to do, this simple instruction, he said, verse five, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, verse six, confident and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Thank you may, uh, that you may prosper wherever you go. But look at verse eight. Here, here's the, the instruction. He's telling him all this time what he, God's gonna do. But now's uh, Joshua's assignment in cooperation with that. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. What was Joshua's number one instruction in picking up that mantle, picking up that responsibility for Moses? Was it to go up and get alone and be able to, I gotta feel the presence of God the way Moses felt it. I just got, if I could, God, if I could just see the burning bush again, one more time, give me a sign and a wonder. Because God, after all, I did see, he never said, God, I did see the giants. So would you give me something that was a little traumatic? I need something to overcome that. You know, God, you sent us in and, and we, we barely made it out. <laughs> you know, my, God, you, you gotta know my faith is struggling even just a little bit because I, I did see them never once addressed what he saw, what he went through, what he experienced, nor was he looking for an experience of another man. God just said, hey, meditate, meditate. Just meditate. One simple thing, I just need you to meditate. Then you're gonna make your way prosperous and have good success. Why is there not success and manifestation? It's not because God hasn't provided it. It goes back to the meditation. How much have we been meditating? To the degree of meditation is the degree of success. This is exactly what he's telling him. Why? Because going into the promised land is also the type of what we are to do in laying hold of all that God has promised us. Amen? So the mind is what he said. If you'll deal with the mind, nothing will stand in your way. In essence, let's, let's shorten that. Joshua, if you will deal with your mind and keep it on the word of God, nothing and no one and no wall and no giant, nothing can stand in your way. And that's so good. Well, why would he do it for Joshua, who's not his child? Remember, let's go back to titles. If God would do it for Joshua, why won't he do it for you? He will. He will. Um, I've got an illustration this morning. We haven't done one of these in a while, have we? Um, because the illustrations, I don't know about you, they help me. When I, when I see it, because I want to know with God, I want to know, 
um, show me so that when things come up, I can see, I've got a renewed mind and a visual on what's going on, right? I don't, I, I can know it, I can believe it, but show me. Like, you know what I'm talking about? That's what our imagination's for. So we can see what God is doing and he's gonna do, not just so we can start imagining the worst. Your imagination, your mind was given to you to serve and be submitted to the spirit. Dad Hagen teaches that in that book. So I'm not gonna take time on that too much this morning. Joel, you got those? All right, I'm gonna need some volunteers. Joel, get up here. All right, come here, Micah. Come here, Sarima. She goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, stand here. Amala, come up here. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I was looking for some. Oh, you want to come up here? All right, come on, partner. This is my pickleball partner. <laughs> Trust me, I need him. <laughs> He's better than me. My mind is very sober about that. Uh, let's see. Tyler, come up here. How many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. Um, big Bubby, come up here. Ryan, you want to come up here? Nope. Okay. I didn't think so. Oh, come here, Dominic. All right. How many got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Natalie, nine. Lauren. <laughs> Lauren is 10. Okay, I want you to hold that, okay? Spread it out, like, like just, yeah, so it's not in a wad. There we go. Okay, come here, bear. All right, y'all scoot down that way just a little bit. I'm gonna stand up here, because this is the way I, I see it. Talking about dealing with the mind so that everything in life can, can flow smoothly. How do we receive from God? By faith, Right? You say, by faith. Okay, y'all scoot down a little bit more, a little bit more, and then turn this way. Turn this way. All right, Barry, you're gonna be the mind. Sorry. (laughs) Get right here. Turn that around. There you go. Turn that around. Okay, now, oh, you didn't do it right, Joe. Sorry. I want everybody to take this and fold it in half. Where power is on one side, faith is on the other. It's probably my explanation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, take faith and put it on one side of the paper and power and put it on, flip it in front. Oh, okay, got it. It's 50-50. It's not like we don't work together all the time. <laughs> all right, fold it in half, fold it in half so we see faith. Yeah, it may not be even, that's okay. But we need to see faith right here. I want everybody on the faith side. Everybody on the faith side. Yep, hold faith where they can see faith. They can see faith. Now, we've got a need that comes up. Something comes up in your life. Something you're believing for. Something you're reaching for, right? Or a circumstance, unexpected. Symptoms, unexpected. This morning, we'll, we'll use finances as, our, as our, our example. So what happens is faith comes, right, by hearing. So we start hearing, and as soon as we hear the word of God, it says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we're hearing, word is coming, which means faith is coming. Now, how is faith released? Do we remember? Through words and action. 
And that's, listen, I'm, I'm putting like five messages into one, but we know words in action, that's a lesson for another day. The point is we wanna see where, how does the mind factor into this since this has been our subject? Because the mind is what brings and makes most damage to our lives and allows damage in our lives. It's not the devil. It's what the mind allows. The mind is the drawbridge and the gatekeeper to what comes in and goes out, okay? So now faith has come. We've been listening to Jesus the healer every day. Let's use that example, okay? Pastor Nancy, uh, we, we, we've gone back over and we've listened to meetings and conferences and we are so full, but you know what? We get busy and we haven't been hearing and we've not been getting up early or we've not been taking time at night to read and to meditate on our lunch break. We've gotten too busy for the right activities. So faith... Uh, that's what happens. But let's say for the sake of this illustration, we now are so full in the word of God. And we go, oh, I see what God, God has provided, what it belongs to me, what I can do by faith, and I am not worrying about this. Another day, cast that care. What happens is, is we, we believe, let's say, like I said, for finances. We say, Father, I see that you have provided. Your word says you supplied all my needs. Not only that, I have sown a seed. There's a harvest, and you begin to speak what the word of God says. So what happens? Faith is released. We're gonna release faith. Release faith. And guess what? As we release faith, what does it do? It turns into power. Go gather that up. Then we, keep, we get up the next day. And we release faith. All right, faith, get released. And we release our faith. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Power, bring me what's mine. Bring me what's mine. Don't stay over there. Bring me what's mine. Bring me what's mine. Go to the end of the line. All right, come on, faith. We get up today and we say, thank you, Father. All the money comes. Come on, faith. And then we just keep every day. We're releasing our faith in the word of God. We're renewing. Wait a second, though. We take a couple days off, and another thought comes. Well, some money's come in, uh, but we got another unexpected bill that's even bigger. What are we gonna do? We're gonna have a baby. We're gonna start a business. I've never seen that kind of money before. I don't know if I, what happened? The mind starts picking up another thought. This is the gatekeeper. What did it do? It stepped in the way of faith being released. And you know what happened? The whole process stops. It just stops. So what do I have to do? What Joshua did, meditate. I gotta get back into med. I don't need more power. I don't need more power. And you know what? I've heard faith is already on the inside of me, but I let my mind, I let that drawbridge down. So what I gotta do, start renewing my mind, get it out of the way so it agrees with God. It agrees with the faith that's on the inside. Ah, here we go. Faith starts going. All right, bring me what's mine. Father, I worship you and I praise you. All the money, it comes. All the money. Faith goes. And first thing in the morning, I'm releasing my faith. Middle of the night, I'm really, oh, thank you. Releasing my faith. <laughs> releasing my faith. Faith turns into power. Faith turns into power. Faith turns into power. That power is bringing in, drawing what belongs to me. So what did I do? I just simply, oh, get back in the way. And then everything stops. Everything stops. <laughs> Why? Because my mind stopped the flow of power. 
stop the flow of the word of God because it's thinking and meditating on something. This is what we have to catch. Is my mind meditating on something other than the word? Is it turning over a thought that does not agree with the word of God? It's gonna slow down this process. This is how I how I, when I release my faith, when I see something in the word of God, I know that when I'm praising and speaking the word and rejoicing as Brother Copeland did earlier, I'm not trying to get something from him. I'm getting my mind out of the way and I'm just simply releasing the faith that turns into power. No, you don't get any of that. Turns into power. There it goes, faith on the inside. And what is it doing? I can keep a continual flow going in my life. It never has to stop. It never has to stop. The devil doesn't stop it. Your mind does. The mind gets in the way. This is why he told Joshua, meditate day and night, and then you will make your way, what? Prosperous. What about 1 John? Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as what? Your soul. Your soul. So I need to keep my mind up here with my spirit. I got to keep my mind and my spirit. We've got to be one because when I do, it keeps my mind out of the way. So then faith just flows freely, turns into power. That power goes and brings in everything that I need. It's very simple. I wanted to simplify it so that when you start renewing your mind and you sense that faith, faith rising and you release that faith, it isn't complicated. Just keep your mind renewed and faith flowing from your heart. How does faith flow from your heart? Through words and actions. And as you do, the power does the work. Notice I'm not out trying to go hustle, you know, and get the money myself. I just, my mind and my spirit, we fellowship with God. I've got my mind right here and we're just worshiping him. We're thinking on his word, thinking of how wonderful he is, his goodness, his mercy. He loves me so much. I am not willing, he's not willing to let any of us struggle, suffer, and I'm not taking any thought of the otherwise. So what I do, my mind and my spirit, they stay close with the word of God. I don't let my, my mind wander off apart from who I am in Christ. I don't let my mind wander off into what if this happens and, and what if this symptom comes and my family struggled with this uh, and, and I've never had enough money and I've never, that's apart from the king that I've been made to be, from the position he has put me in. But not only that, that's a, a thought that separates me from his love and cuts off the flow. So do, does that make sense? This is just how my mind works. Maybe yours doesn't work this way. I want a visual. I want to visualize what is going on in that spirit realm when I release my faith. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You did a good job. Yay. Joel, you did a good job, too. <laughs> so when we leave here today... Sometimes what we do is our faith gets stirred in a service, but our mind's been used to stepping in the way so much, right? Monday, we're good. Tuesday, we're not. Wednesday, we're good. 
Thursday, we struggle. Friday, we, we get back on it. Saturday, we are out doing and busy, and then so we need Sunday to pick us back up again. Yeah. I don't want any start, stop and start. Yeah. Amen? Amen? It's not that it's not available. It's not that God hasn't already provided it. It's ready, sitting, waiting. It's in. He knows the hands it needs to go to. Yeah. Notice this. I didn't even say to them, go get the money from Nathan. What did they know to do? Did you hear me say, hey, I need you in this illustration, go get the, the money from Nathan. They knew automatically, this is what happens. When your mind is renewed and out of the way, the power of God automatically knows where to go and get it. Stop trying to tell the power how it would be best for this to happen and where you can go. Lift your hands, cast the care. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I rejoice today. And the flow with that power. What about for your body? I always picture it. Yes, that we, we gave the illustration where it was going out, but I always picture it that as long as my mind is renewed to healing and I'm in agreement, that power is just flowing through my body. Flowing, you know, you see that illustration of the body and it shows like the, the circulation. I always imagine that power just circulating through my body. Just every cell, it's touching every cell, it's touching every joint, it's touching every, uh, uh, everything that's trying to get off. And you don't have to wait for a symptom to arise to flow and to have that power flowing and working in you. Amen. We should be living in the powerful position that we have been made to rule and reign from. Amen. So we'll go ahead. We'll stop there because it's almost 12. I like to get out by 12. Uh, no, but we want to go ahead this morning and we want to um, actually, let's go ahead if you would and stand with me to your feet. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody moving around. Everybody just stay where you're at. This is very important. Stay where you're at. I know y'all got jobs, you got places you need to go and bookstores and all that, but I don't want anybody moving around because this is very serious. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity today that if you're in here, you're important to me. This is just as important to me as any message or anything else we do. But if you're in here and you say, Pastor, I have not yet received of this life. I want to be in that life that you talked about, that life that has full control according to the word of God. My life is out of control. It's nothing but out of control. Or I've been living by what I can figure out, what I can do, and I see that there is more for me in Jesus. Is there anyone in here this morning you say that's you and you want to come and meet Jesus, receive him? Know this, that when you receive him, eternity is so bright for you. Heaven is now your home that if you leave, left here today and something were to happen to you, something catastrophic, you are instantly on the other side with Jesus. He's waiting for you. To know a Savior's waiting instead of torment, hell. How about this? Not even knowing what's going to happen to me when I die. What's going to happen to me next year? What's going to happen to me in five years? You can know exactly where you're going to go in eternity. You can even know according to the word and life of Jesus 
what you can have tomorrow, next week, and next year. I want everybody in this room that it, uh, to ask yourself that. Have I received Jesus? Have I received that life? But if you're in here and you say, I have not, and I've got to meet him. I've got to join this family. And I can sense that pulling, that tugging. I can sense that he's reaching out for me. Is there anyone you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I've, I've got to receive Jesus this morning. I, I want to come and join this family. Anybody at all, you'd raise your hand and say, that's me. I just wanna give right back here. Is there anyone at all and you would say, Pastor, I one time was living for God, but I have walked away from him. I, I have not been living for him and I've got to come home. I wanna come back to this wonderful life that you were talking about. Oh, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's calling your name this morning. Is there anyone in here you say, I know he's calling my name, I've got to come home. Is there anyone, raise your hand and you say, that's me. I'm coming back. I wanna live for him. Right back here, amen. If you have raised your hand, I, want to pray. I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray with you. Come up here, if you've raised your hand, I wanna pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you for these precious ones who've come. Come up here. Come up here. Can you get them a tissue? Get them a tissue. Father, we thank you for their lives. We thank you for what you have for them. Come here, love. Come here. <laughs> come here. Have you come to receive Jesus or are you coming back home? To receive Jesus. What about you? You come to receive him? They've come to receive Jesus this morning. Can I tell you something? Jesus has already received you. He's been waiting for you. Father, I thank you for these two and for the plan you have for their lives. I thank you for their boldness to come up and declare that they belong to you. Now pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I receive you today. You're my savior. You're my Lord. No more of my plan, but, my, but your plan. Father, I'm your child and I'm gonna live for you all the days of my life. Amen. It's that simple. You're a child of God now. The Bible says all things have passed away and all things are now new. You're brand new. You're brand new. God sees you as new and all that weight lifted off. Father, we thank you for that. All good things are ahead. What's your name? John, nice to meet you. What's your name? Christine. Christine, nice to meet you. I got Miss Janine and uh, Brother Dean Graves right here. If you want to go with them, we've got some things we want to get into your hands. Just we don't want to leave you empty-handed when you walk out of here today. But things that are going to help you in this new life that is ahead of you. Amen. Go ahead, if you follow them. Let's give them a great hand. Amen. I remember, I remember, I remember realizing one day, even as a child raised in church, one day 
it was a fresh, you know, just things rise up fresh that I'm living for him. Every, my life is going to look totally different. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.